0: Before the Passover day, Jesus, knowing that his hour was come, that he should pass out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them unto the end. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. Dear Reverend Fathers, dear sisters, and dear friends, tonight is a very holy night. As we know, on Holy Thursday, our Lord Jesus Christ instituted not one but two sacraments. The sacrament of the Holy Eucharist, which is Holy Communion, of course, as well as Holy Mass, and then also the sacrament of Holy Order, the priesthood, in order to, to continue this sacrifice, to give to men a sacrifice that was at last Worthy of God. So it's a very joyous night, a very holy night for that reason. But of course, it is also holy because tonight our Lord begins His passion, His work of saving the world. So we have to approach tonight with a lot of reverence before the greatness of the mysteries of tonight, the work, the greatness of the sacred work that our Lord is doing. And of course, the source of these mysteries, the source of this sacred work is the love. It is the charity, which is in our Lord's human soul, his love for his father and his love for us. And that love is is so strong, it is so stable that nothing deflects it from its purpose, nothing distracts it from its purpose. It follows its course surely until one great work after another is accomplished by this love. Neither the joy that our Lord certainly felt in instituting these two great sacraments, that doesn't distract him from his work, nor the great pity that he must have felt this night for his apostles for the eleven faithful ones who did not have any idea of the trauma they were about to undergo, not the sense, the deep sense of betrayal at the sin of Judas, nor even his own unimaginable dread at the sufferings he was about to undergo. The emotions that our Lord experienced this night Are more diverse and more intense than anything we have ever or will ever experience. But what matters tonight, my friends, is what is in our Lord's will, not the emotions, but what is in His will, which is a love for His Father and a love for us. What matters is that He knows the truth of why he is on earth, that this was his hour, and that he was determined to do what he came into this world to do, no matter the emotional extremes he experienced this night. This night, my friends, is so full of beautiful things, so full of God's great gifts, that it's hard to preach a sermon that is not consoling That is what I hope to do. Because this is a holy night and there are things we have to see before we leave. We need to see that it is truth and it is charity that matters. That it is truth and it is charity that saves souls. We need to see On the contrary, that is not feelings that save souls, neither is it feelings that damn souls. Feelings simply do not fit into the equation of redemption at all. And this is the perfect night, my friends, to have this truth sink perhaps finally, into our souls. Because we are going to see our Lord tonight do amazing things and to suffer terrible things. And we have to draw the lessons. For example, our Lord tonight in the Garden of Olives is going to feel a fear and a loathing for his passion to come, which is nothing more than his duty. It is his whole mission. It is why he is here. It is his duty of state. And he is going to feel a great fear and a great distaste for this duty. And yet our Lord is our model in suffering. No one ever did it better than he did No one ever suffered more perfectly, with greater charity, with greater holiness, than our Lord. And yet, there are people, and priests see them all the time, there are people who think that because the thought of carrying their cross does not fill them with consolation and enthusiasm, that they're bad Christians. If I was a real Christian, if I was a real disciple of our Lord, nothing would make me more excited than carrying my cross. My friends, these people are not bad Christians. They're a little dumb, but they're not bad. My friends, the cross hurts, and the thought of the cross hurts. And if you don't believe me, Look at our Lord tonight, who sweats blood at the thought of his sufferings. Let us get this straight. Let us not be confused anymore. God does not ask us to have this sort of enthusiasm and consolation. He asks us to carry his cross and follow him. That's what he's saying. And my friends, if you have read some spiritual book that has given you this impression, then burn it. You will have done the world, and you will have done other Catholics a great favor. Another lesson. Our Lord, Scripture tells us, our Lord, being in an agony, began to pray the more. His soul was very, very dry. His soul was in an anguish, and he prayed the more. But of course, my friends, we know that it's very easy to stop praying as soon as it doesn't feel good anymore. As sort of as soon as we don't feel spiritual, whatever that means, anymore, we are often tempted to stop praying. And of course, time something is no longer appealing to us. Of course, out of weakness, we might, we might stop doing it, and I don't mean to emphasize that tonight. Of course, you understand easily enough, out of weakness, when prayer becomes difficult, we might lay it aside, and that's unfortunate, but that's not really the point I want to make tonight. There are people who stop praying after it doesn't feel good anymore because they really think that if they don't feel good praying, their prayer isn't worth anything. It's that mistake we need to overcome tonight. If you could have seen our Lord praying the longer in the Garden of Olives, it would have been obvious to you it did not feel good. Prayer was not consoling to him, but his prayer was perfect. Let's get that straight. Prayer does not have to be consoling to be pleasing to God. And very, very good prayer indeed. Another lesson, our Lord followed the will of his Father tonight because he knew with his human mind, our Lord God and man has the divine nature and the human nature. And our Lord followed the will of his Father tonight because he knew with his human mind what the will of his Father was. He followed the truth of what his mission was through a whole maze of emotions. And he never took those emotions, the joy, the anguish, pity, as a sign that the will of his father had changed. He knew the truth about who he was and why he was here. And his emotions, up and down, as they were tonight, were not a sign. The will of God had changed. My friends, we've got to overcome this problem of thinking that my emotions tell me where the will of God is. My friends, our emotions are so fickle. And the will of God does not change like that. And depending on our temperament, we will think if it feels good, it must be God's will. Or at the different temperament, if it feels bad, it must be God's will. It is not with our feelings that we find the will of God. It is not with our feelings that we find the truth. It is with our mind. So let us learn that lesson tonight as well. Um. Another lesson is that our Lord tonight is betrayed by his friend. And he is abandoned by his other friends. And yet he goes on. Yet how easy it is for us when we set out to do good. And as soon as we meet with, an underst- with a misunderstanding, with a rebuff, with a certain lack of gratitude, a certain lack of affirmation, we stop. As long as I was going to be recognized, as long as I was going to be appreciated, as long as I felt like I was going to be part of something with my mates, or yes, but now no, I can't do it. My friends, that is no way to be a Christian. We are going to be rebuffed. We are going to be disappointed. We are sometimes going to meet with ingratitude. Our Lord tonight washed the feet of Judas because it was the will of his Father. Please, please, please do not take ingratitude, lack of appreciation as a justification for stopping your course of setting aside the work that God has given you. That is not serious for a Christian. Finally, my friends, another lesson, last one. A small one, but a practical one. Our Lord tonight begins to shed his blood, tonight, for our sins, our real sins, not our imaginary ones. Our imaginary sins, the ones that we know aren't really there, but we somehow feel guilty anyway, even though we really did the right thing. Our Lord did not shed his blood for imaginary sins. And we should not take them seriously. I must confess that sometimes, sometimes someone will come to confession and they'll say, Father, I know this isn't a sin, but I want to mention it anyway. Well, why? Why? Please don't misunderstand. There's many times a person may come and not be sure if something is a sin or not. That's normal. And so say, father, I'm not sure, and they explain, and then the priest gives them advice or helps them to understand better. That's all fine. But I'm always caught up a bit short when someone says, I know this is not a sin, but I want to mention it anyway. Why? Well, of course, what's happening is they have some sort of feeling of guilt. Their mind tells them. In fact, what they did was fine. In this circumstance, it was the right thing to do. But their emotion doesn't know that. The emotion isn't supposed to know that. Our emotions don't know anything. That's not what they're for. So this person comes and they they say this thing that they know is not a sin. And maybe, in fact, they've been torturing themselves all week, even though they know it's not a sin. My friends, that needs to stop. What a waste of energy. That's an artificial cross to carry a burden like that during the week. And it's not entirely respectful to our Lord and his sacraments to mention it on Sunday when you go to confession. The sacrament of penance is a marvelous thing, It's a sacred instrument for pouring the blood of Christ on your soul. It's not a machine for rebalancing your emotional equilibrium. What it's for, it may do that. Perhaps, okay, fine, but please, for respect for what it's for. Now, my friends, emotions are part of being human, okay? No, nothing in this sermon is meant to try to convince you that emotions are bad or... No, not at all. Emotions are part of human nature, and the biggest proof of that is before our eyes tonight that our Lord, who is God and man, had all the emotions we have. That's not the point. Our Lord felt as we do. In fact, he felt much more than we do. So the point of this tonight, my friends, is, is not to to preach a certain stoicism or a certain macho attitude towards emotions. That's not it. It's certainly not to encourage you to show a lack of compassion for for people who are suffering. That's certainly not the lesson of tonight. We are going to go console our Lord in the altar of repose precisely because we weren't there to do it on the first Holy Thursday, and because the apostles didn't do it. So God, in fact, had to send an angel to do it. That's what the Gospels say. No, it's a good thing to console a suffering person, to encourage a suffering person, all of that. That's not the point. The point is that we need to understand that the emotions just don't mean the thing. That so many people think they mean. They don't mean that our prayer is good or bad. They don't mean that we're holy or not holy. They don't even mean whether we're guilty of a sin or not. They don't tell us the truth. It's not what they're for. If they correspond to what's true on a given day, that's by chance. And they will be not in accordance with the truth the next day, or in fact, maybe even the next minute. That's not what they're for. And my friends, unless you can think independently of your emotions, unless you can act independently of your emotions, you're not going to be good for very much in this work of saving the world. Only to the extent that we can think independently of our emotions, act independently of our emotions. That is to say, to act from truth and act from charity. Only then do we escape spiritual immaturity. So often, my friends, we try to baptize our emotions so that they become somehow sacred and important in the work of redemption. And my friends, they never will. That's not what they are for. And we will be hopelessly confused about what God is actually expecting from us. And we will feel guilty over nothing. And we will turn ourselves around in circles instead of following our Lord straight along the road to Calvary. Unless we learn this lesson well. Tonight, we have to ask for the grace to grow up, to set aside not our emotions, they're part of our nature, but to set aside this childish worship of our emotions. Sometimes we believe them and we follow them as if they were the real God, as if they were divine. My friends, the real God, the real God, is going to do wonderful things tonight. And the real God is going to suffer terrible things tonight. Let us ask for the grace to see, to understand what truth and charity do.